0: There was a young man and he was visiting a college for the first time and he noticed as he walked around on the campus, there was a security boxes every few hundred feet or so. And it was said that if you were wandering around campus, maybe late at night or something and there were people that you felt uncomfortable, like you thought they were following you or something was wrong. It said you could go to one of these boxes and, and press the button and security officers would come and they would check it out and help you. Well, as he was walking around, he noticed one of them had this huge sign that said, Out of Order, on it. And right underneath of it was scrawled, Keep running! (laughs) Fear is a powerful emotion, isn't it? Anybody here never been afraid of anything? Never? Not even spiders, or snakes, or spider snakes, or anything? (laughs) This is good. But fear is a powerful emotion. And it's like the story of this bishop. He had an irrational fear that his legs were going to become paralyzed. And one day he was at this dinner party and he reached down and he pinched his leg and he didn't feel anything. And he got worried, so he reached down and he pinched his leg again and again, nothing. And so out loud in the middle of this party, he screamed, It's just as I feared. I have totally lost feeling below my waist. And the nice lady that was sitting next to him leaned over and said, If it's any comfort, the leg you pinched is mine. (laughs) But we've all been afraid of something. There's something that will hit that panic button in our lives. And have you ever noticed, as you're reading through scriptures, probably one of the most common phrases you'll read is, Fear not. It's one of those expressions that are very common in Scripture. Because God is always encouraging us, Do not be afraid. I'm with you. But we're afraid. And the very first time God ever says, Fear not, is from our Scripture this morning. And it comes at an interesting time. If you look with me at Genesis 15, we're going to start with verse 1. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, or fear not, in other versions. Abram, I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, This man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up at the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And Abraham believed the Lord, and he credited to him as righteousness. Abram, or as we know later on named Abraham, has just returned from this tremendous military victory over four different kings of Mesopotamia. These four kings actually banded together, formed an alliance in order to destroy him, and they kidnapped his nephew, Lot. And Abraham was not only successful in this battlefield against these four kings and his armies, he was beginning to acquire wealth and stature in this land that God had called him. His life was continuing to get better and better. And in spite of all of his accomplishments, though, his heart was uncertain about his future. Uncertain about the God who had called him. You know what that's like? Anybody ever been uncertain about your future? Maybe even a bit worried? I mean, it's not unreasonable in today's world. Some of you, I'm sure, are concerned about your retirement. You've been saving for years. You know Social Security is not going to pay for everything, if if it's even around for some of us. So you save and you invest, and, but yet you look at the stock market and you see it going up and down and up and down, and you begin to worry. Will it be there? Will I be able to support myself, my spouse, my family? See, one reason Abram was so worried was because he had no kids. He was childless. And some of you may know that heartache, that understand that, of not having children, But it's especially difficult in the time of Abram. This was an agrarian society. If you don't know what agrarian is, I didn't know. I looked it up. A farm community. Children were needed to help gather crops to take care of the animals. They were the means of carrying on their family line. They were means for preserving the family inheritance. Not having kids made people vulnerable when they got into their old age because there was nobody there to take care of them, to look after them. So not having a child and an heir weighed heavily on Abram and Sarah's heart. Some of you may know that pain. Of course, some of you may know the other pain of of having children and the weight that that weighs on you. It's not easy having kids today, is it? There was a man, he was filling out all of his tax forms for the IRS and the government and he met with his tax preparer and they were sitting down talking and the preparer said, now, now how many dependents do you have? And the man said, well, I have eight. And the preparer kind of looked up at him and he said, would you mind repeating that? And the man said, not if I can help it. <laughs> Children can be a source of joy, but they can also be a source of worry, of sleepless nights. I mean, what kind of future are our children going to have? Will will it be a safe place to live? What kind of temptations will they fall into? What kind of world are we leaving them here and now? See, Abram was uncertain about his future. And everyone here, I know, has felt that. At some point in your life, you felt that. As teenagers, you begin to worry about, what's it going to be like when I move from junior high to high school? As high school graduates, you begin to worry about, am I going to get in the college of my choice? When you graduate college, you begin to think, well, what kind of jobs are out there in our economy today? Even as adults, it doesn't always get easier. We begin to worry, what if I lose my job? What if my boss uh, cuts my company, my, lays me off? They're hiring younger and younger people every day. What if they just see me as this old fossil and they don't want me around? Maybe I should quit here before I get too many people depressed, but But that's what happens in our life. We become afraid, we get worried, there are things all around us. You know, anxiety has been called the official emotion of our age. The word anxiety comes from the Greek word ananke, which means throat or pressed together. Ananke was the Greek god of constraint who presided over slavery. It was the word they used for the yokes or the rings that they put around the necks of their slaves. It comes from anxiety. It can hold us back. It can take us by the throat. It can chain us and enslave us. That fear, that anxiety is something that is all around us. Mother Teresa once told about uh, seeing a child that she picked up, and she knew this child was desperately hungry. And so she handed the child a piece of bread and she said, here, eat. And the child looked at her and she said, but I'm afraid. And she said, well, what are you afraid of? And she said, well, I'm afraid of what will happen when this bread is gone and I'm still hungry again. See, compared to that little girl, I know a lot of our problems don't seem so big, do they? I mean, how many of us are really afraid that we're going to end up homeless? How many of us are afraid we're going to starve to death? not me anytime soon but we can be afraid we can be have that fear in our world today and i want to tell you that there's probably only two ways that i know that can help us to battle and to deal with this fear the first is to face up to your fears This is what researchers have told us that will help us deal with phobias. It's called exposure therapy, where they expose people to the very thing that they fear the most. When I was about eight or nine years old, our family traveled to Springfield, Illinois, we went to the Illinois State Fair. And we had a great time the first day. And we rode all the rides, we ate all the food, we played the games, we, we, we just had a great day. And at the end of the day, we were at the far end of the park. And so my parents said, well, let's let's take that cable lift. You know, a little ride goes across from one end to the other. He said, let's get on that. We'll take it to the end of the park. We'll get off. We'll go home, rest. We'll come back tomorrow. Well, thought it was a great idea. So my mom and I, we get in the first car. We're going. My dad and brother get in the second car. We're going. Little ways down, the ride stops. I thought, well, someone needed help getting off. And it goes again, and then it stops. And this time, the road ride doesn't go anymore. And here we are, sitting up there, 40 feet in the air, just kind of trapped. And we're looking out into the horizon, and we notice these flashes of light coming our way. We notice we start to get a little wet. And then we realize we are in the middle of a thunderstorm. Lightning, thunder heading our way, rain pouring down on us. We're 40 feet in the air in a big metal box. Not the best place you want to be in a lightning storm. Well, we began to get worried. But eventually, the emergency crews did come. They had those trucks with the buckets, and one by one, they would get us down, and, and we were all safe, went back to our hotel. And the next morning, we got back up, and we went back to the park, and the first thing my parents did was get in line for that ride. Because everyone in my brother and I, to face our fears, to say, you know, it's, it's okay. You don't have to be worried. We are going to be safe. But lucky for me, the ride was still broken, so we didn't have to do that. <laughs> but have you ever known someone who, who was afraid? Someone maybe, maybe you're afraid of going to the doctor because you're afraid of what the results will be, how sick you might be. But we just need to go. Running away from our fears is not a way to cope with them, to help with them. In 1972, David Milne Smith spent a night alone in St. Michael's Cave on the island of Gibraltar. It was a test of his courage. And in the book he wrote titled, Hug the Monster, he tells about hearing all of the strange sounds around him in this cave in the pitch black dark. But he said probably the thing that scared him the most was the he didn't think he was alone. He was afraid of what was going to come and get him. And that began to turn to panic, and he began to get worried, and he couldn't sleep. But as he was about to that breaking point, he came to this realization. Whatever the monster looks like, I will hug it. He said that simple, silly thought brought great relief to his mind, and he was able to rest. So he said the next time you're afraid, try hugging the monster. Face your fears head on. Don't worry about them. You you gain strength and courage and confidence when you face these fears. But probably the best thing that I can tell us as the church, us as Christians, is we need to fall back on our faith. The word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, and he said, Do not be afraid. Fear not. I am your shield and your great reward. I love that picture of God being our shield. Because you think about soldiers in battle, they had their shields. You think about today, I, I, I love watching these SWAT shows. I don't know why, I'm not a cop, but for some reason I love watching these shows. And you see these, these SWAT teams and they're about to, to bust into somebody's homes or these drug cartels, and, and what do they have? They have these giant shields that go from head to toe with the little windows so they can look out. Because they know that that is what is going to protect them. And God is saying, I am your shield. I am here to protect you. So don't be afraid. And after God heard Abram's statement that he was uncertain, he was worried because he had no kids. God, what am I going to do? We have no children to pass on to. We have no children. We have nothing. And God takes him outside and he says, look up into the sky. Count the stars, if indeed you can. See, that's, that's the line right there. I know God has just that hint of sarcasm. Go outside and count the stars, if you can. <laughs> so shall your offspring be. And the writer of Genesis says, Abraham believed the Lord. That's the life-changing statement of faith right there. Abraham believed the Lord. And so when we come up to something that we are afraid of, we are worried about, the question we have to ask ourselves is, do we believe the Lord? Do we believe the promises that He has given us, that He will never forsake us, that He will always be there for us? See, sometimes mistaken ideas about faith and about God cause us to be afraid. There was a pastor that I told about when he was a little child, and he was going to church every Sunday, and he said he dreaded it. He said he actually looked up to his friends that didn't go to church because they didn't have to deal with church. Well, he said one Sunday during the service, he slipped out through the back door and he ran to the local candy store and he spent all of his offering on Tootsie Rolls. And when he got back to church that morning, the preacher was preaching and he got time to hear the sermon of Ananias and Sapphira. You remember the story of Ananias and Sapphira? In the book of Acts, we're told Ananias and Sapphira lied about the offering that they presented to the Lord, and they were struck dead because of it. So this little boy goes home, praying fervently, passionately for God to forgive him for spending his offering on candy. He said he stayed up all night chanting, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Just in hopes that he would convince God to spare his life. But he said, you know, it's sad that our faith, sometimes rather than giving us comfort, can cause us more worries. He said as a child, he had not experienced the love and the comfort that God would one day give him and bring into his life. So he was afraid. But mature faith teaches us, helps us understand that even though our life is difficult, even though we may be facing fears, we may be facing times in our life that we don't know how to handle it, That we are never beyond God's loving care. That God is never out of reach. He is always there looking out for us. Uh, There was a minister who was working in a very dangerous part of an inner city. And he said he was always amazed that the one woman was at church. Whether it was a morning, evening service, weekday, whatever, this woman would always come to church. And she seemed to have no fear coming to these meetings and these services, especially late at night, because it was a rough neighborhood and, and you never knew what could happen. Well, he said one night after a prayer service, he was locking up, and he noticed this woman. She was walking down the street going home, and as she walked, she had her hand held out. He said it was almost like uh, some unseen person was holding her hand, walking with her as she went to her humble as she went to her apartment. And as she was walking, she was humming uh, this song. Precious Lord, take my hand. Lead me on lest I stand. He said, was she afraid? Yeah, she was afraid. She knew that she was living in a dangerous part of town. She knew the fear of what could happen. But she, she let her fear defeat her. No. She fell back on her faith that she knew that God was with her that God would protect her. Maybe she looked up like Abram did and she began to count the stars. Now, in a big city, there wouldn't be as many stars as in the wilderness, but there would be enough. Enough to see God. Enough to know that He would be there for her. I love that song, Precious Lord, take my hand, lead me on. As we come to invitation time this morning, though, my question for you is, What are you afraid of? What are the fears uh, that are taking over? What are the things that you worry about? And are you relying on God to help you through them? Are you sitting there in the corner, kind of huddled around, worried? Or are you turning them over to God, knowing that He created the heavens and the earth, the stars and the sky? He can take care of it. This morning as we come to invitation, do you need to take that first step of faith? Do you need to surrender your life to him?